All right, so we're going to wait for Ryan to get in here, and then we're going to start episode 76 of the It's Too Wordy podcast, coming to you live. Hey, Ryan, what's going on? What's up? Oh, you know, not much. See, there's no fade out for the music. It just is on and it all stops. Like, oh, come on, guys. Well, it catches everybody's attention really quickly. Right. (laughs) Where'd the music go? (laughs) So here we go. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the It's Too Wordy comic Comic Book Podcast. Where a couple of buddies talk about comics from their childhood and today. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. And today we are going over the letter X. And that's about it because for whatever reason, we cannot find goosebumps in the Omaha area. <laughs> At all. It's been two weeks. Can't find an issue of it. So we're giving up on that one. We are going to do a new book next week. Um I got a new book. You got a new book? Yeah, I got a new book. All right. All right. So I picked up, which I said I probably would never do. I picked up The Immortal She-Hulk, number one, that just came out. Did you really? I did. It was actually really good. Really good. It it goes over how many times she's died and come back and why she keeps coming back. You know, yeah, she's immortal like Bruce, right? And there's always this door that appears in the afterlife for one of the uh, gamma mutates. I guess that's what they're calling themselves now. So it goes through, you know, her getting shot by gunmen turning into the Hulk because she got the blood from Bruce, her cousin. And she's talking to Wolverine. Of course, he has to show up. Because she's in, she's in a fight, and this guy just keeps getting stronger from her, right? So he's feeding off of her, like her anger or her fear, and keeps getting stronger. And she, you see, kind of like the the little mask silhouette, and then the snicked, and then Wolverine just impaled him through the back. He's like, I thought you might need my help. It looked like it was going to go too many rounds, and hope you don't mind. And she's like, no, it's fine, right? Because in her new She-Hulk form, she's has problems talking. She's not dumb, which I assumed that was just like they were going to make her a dumb Hulk. But it's she has problems with words. So she still has the brain, but her speech is impaired. Okay. Um, so she talks to Wolverine about, how, like, what's it like to come back? Why is it? what's it like for him to keep coming back from the dead? He's like, it's really not something I want to talk about. Right. I mean, it, it is what it is. And uh, there's stuff you don't want to know. Right. And so she talks about how she got killed by the Katati and in empire. And he's like, um, he's like, um, you open this door and you might not be able to close it. So just forget about it and just go on with your life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she's, so it shows another part where she's in this world, right? And in the afterlife, and there's a huge Hulk grinning in the, in the, in the clouds. And there's a, a guy in front of her, and it's Brian Banner, Bruce's dad. And she's like, I'm in hell. I am in hell because I'm here with you. You you were a horrible man, right? What you did to Bruce and killed his mom and you're just horrible, horrible old man. And he's like, well, you know, um, this is my world. And I will see you soon. And she goes through the door and he's just got this black eyes, just a grin on his face. And then she's in the, in one of the Avengers headquarters and she's talking to Thor about being immortal. And Thor's like, well, 
we might be immortal, but we're, we can die. I've killed a lot of people that are immortal. I killed Galactus. Uh, <laughs> so Galactus survived another universe. I just killed him. So just because you're immortal doesn't mean you live forever. And then another flashback into when she died with the Kotati that she's in that world and she's talking to the leader and he has learned to control that part of the afterlife. He can, can he controls the door and he can close it whenever he wants to. So he said, um, this is, this is your last life. You die one more time and you were stuck here with me. So she's like, all right, never die again. Right. So she's <laughs> planning on um, just um, living forever. So who knows how this is going to affect her. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's actually a good issue. I mean, I'm surprised. Who wrote that? Let's see. Uh, the Three Deaths of She-Hulk was written by Al Ewing. I kind of figured it probably would have been him. And John Davis Hunt is the artist. And he does a really good job. You know, he shows the difference, like all the different kind of She-Hulks there were when she died. Like, hmm. So it's, it's not just that one. And I got the Alex Ross cover with the, with the 70s She-Hulk on it. Right. Because that's that's my She-Hulk, so that's the one I got. Nice. It was good. I give it a four and a half. Wow. Definitely a good start. And I thought about it, but I was like, after what you said last week, I'm like, uh, no, I think I'm going to put it back. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you can still find one. Oh, yeah. That shouldn't be a hard problem for me. I'm sure Juggernaut sold out, but. Yeah. Juggernaut probably sold out. Can't find goosebumps, but we'll have plenty of She-Hulk. Yep. <laughs> there's there's something weird about the She-Hulk books that that we've read so far, like the the annual where yeah. she was talking about consciousness, and then this one she's talking about immortality. There's something that Marvel's doing with She-Hulk that's actually really interesting. That mm. I, it's they're they're using her more philosophically than just brute. A lot of the times now. Right. Cool. Well, I'll have to pick that one up. Cool. Well, I didn't have any new books this week, so I have no new book review. Not anything worth reviewing, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on to the letter X. Um, I'll go ahead and go since you just did your She-Hulk review there. Um, I figured the best way to cover a character that begins with the letter X was just get a character named X by uh, Dark, Ho Dark Horse Comics. I so was going to do that, but I couldn't find an issue here. <laughs> well, um, I had never read any of the original series, and I did have the re relaunch that they did a few years back. And I enjoyed the first few issues of it. And then it kind of went down this rabbit hole. And I'm like, I'm not enjoying this. Um, I'm, I'm getting out of it. <laughs> but uh, I went back to the original X series or one of Dark Horse's crossover events. Uh, Comics Greatest World X. It's week one. Um I know they did a number of these. I think it was a continuing story. And this gives you no insight to who the character X is at all, which I was really disappointed in. Uh, I kind of wanted to see what it, he was like as an original character. Um, and they didn't get into it at all. Um, I'm pretty sure this whole event, because this is the only issue I've read of this comic's greatest world, um, starts off in 1931 where a UFO lands and buries itself in the desert. And then all of a sudden you see the character X flying out of a 
office window um, and the police are chasing after him and they're trying to catch him and they consider him a menace and the detectives sending the cops after him. He jumps out the window. He's got repelling down the side of the building and he goes back into the building, kind of like Die Hard, you know, where he kind of jumps out that window and then swings down to three floors and back into the building and then just shoots down the elevator shaft to get out. So as the detective and the cops are going out chasing after him, trying to figure out where he went, the SWAT team shows up and they're like, this is our scene now. We're going to take care of it. Get out of here. And the detective's like, well, I was the first one here. This is my scene. He's the SWAT's like, we don't care. Get out. And this character X is actually in the sewer at this point, standing under a grate and hearing this whole conversation. And as the SWAT team starts walking over this grate, he just pops up out of it and knocks over like five of them. And then starts just swinging and knocking these SWAT guys all over the place. And he starts running. He goes into an alleyway and these aliens from the spaceship that showed up in 1931 are there. And he just runs right past them. The SWAT team goes chasing after him down the whole alleyway. They don't see the aliens. And then it's left off. Uh, saying that the next issue is involving pit bulls, which I've actually never heard of. But uh, the detective co- calls in and goes, I think it's time to release the pit bulls. So you can see how this is going to be like one of those crossovers over all the characters. I know they did it with Ghost and a couple other books that I've seen as well, but uh, that was my first foray into this comic's greatest world that uh, Dark Horse did. And I always thought X was a kind of a neat character. At least I always liked the imaging of him, but I didn't know much about the character. I was hoping that there's going to be more about him in this, and there really wasn't. There was not an introduction or anything. It was just hit the ground running and go. Yep. I, I don't remember there ever being a backstory for him. That's just it. It's like, where did this guy come from? I mean, what what's the purpose? And, you know, I, maybe they went into that in the later um, issues of that second run. It's just that thing was just no. going all over the place. No, it, mostly it was just him taking eyes and... Yeah, just doing the vigilante thing. I don't think there was actually much of a backstory for him. Huh. I'm not even sure he hadn't, you know, I'm not sure they even showed who he really was. Yeah, I, like I said, I got four or five issues into it, and I don't, that second run, and I don't remember ever seeing anything about him as far as any of that. So, all right. Um, it did make me interested in that comic's greatest world, and I might try to track down the other issues of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as find, figuring out anything about the character X, nope, just a kick-ass vigilante. Yep, that's pretty much all he was. Oh, yeah, I, I read a lot of them back in the day, too. So not that I can remember, like, from 94 that well. So. But... Cool. Who do you have? All right. So I'm going to tell you the synopsis of the story first, and then um, I'm going to have you guess who I'm talking about. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. So this is issue three of the of this series. Um, the story is about a girl named Kaiden Nixon, and she's a mutant, and She's in high school and she has a run-in with some gang members and she realizes that she can freeze time and when she's in trouble, right? So um, one of her friends, one of her classmates thinks he knows that she has powers. So he's going to test her. So he brings a, a gun into class and shoots, tries to shoot her, right? So, she freezes time, kind of nudges his gun a little bit, and she doesn't do it well enough, so it hits the teacher. That goes into this issue, right? So, 
there's a girl. This is this is page one. So there's a girl. Um, she's um, she just has a faraway look in her eye, and she's just looking out the window. And apparently, she's a prostitute. And this guy's like, uh, not easy finding a girl with your talents, right? Gotta admit, what does he say? Uh, gotta admit, you're the best at what you do. And she's got, he's got a whole bunch of like mm. scratches on his back. And then it goes back to Caden's story. And Caden's in a hospital and her, she's helping her teacher out. You know, cops are like, well, what were you doing there? Well, you know, I was just, I'm a friend. And then it switches back to the girl, the prostitute girl, and she runs into her pimp walking down the street. And they go to a nightclub. And his name is awesome. It's Zebra Daddy. That's his name, Zebra Daddy. <laughs> so they're they're in the strip club and he's doing Coke and he gets a phone call from one of his Johns. And he's like, yeah, sure. I'll send the girl over. I know the right one for you. And uh, the girl that's sitting next to him, the prostitute, is getting like three or four slashes on her arms. Like she's cutting her arm, right? And he gets pissed off and starts, you know, just like, don't don't ruin my merchandise. You're my merchandise. And then he calls this other girl over. And he's like, I got this, the John that you were before you worked before go, go, you know, take care of him. Right. Go give him a, give him a night. And she's like, well, he hurt me last time. He hurt me really bad. And the pimp slaps her down and starts beating on her. He's like, don't ever question me, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, the girl mutant or whatever, like, uh, they're all mutants in this pretty much. She gets more slashes on her arms. They're starting to turn into X's. And it goes back to, what's her name? Caden, Kaiden, Caden Nixon, Kaiden. Never heard that name before. And you never will again. It goes back to her, you know, with the teacher. And they're, they're kind of like in her apartment. And they're talking about, she needs to go home. She's like, well, I don't want to go home. She's like, well, I'm going to call Health and Human Services, and you're going to go home. Okay, fine. And then this book is so irritating. It goes back to another hotel, and it's got the girl, the prostitute, taking her bra off. And this guy's behind her, and it's the John that had his back scratched up before. And he's like, I want to play a new game. And he pulls out a meat cleaver, right? And for some reason, Kaiden gets this flash in her head of going to this hotel, room 202. The teacher sees this, and she goes after her. And they walk in on a girl with two claws popping out of her forearms in a pool of blood. Just with that stare on her face. Yes, this is... NYX number three from First Joe Casada from 2004. Mm-hmm. This book I saved from getting stripped and thrown away. It's a good thing you did. Uh, it's got one watermark on the cover, but I'm sure I can get that out. But uh, it's horrible. Just so bad. <laughs> like nobody bought this for the story. It was when Marvel was like, "We're edgy. Yeah. We're so edgy. We have this and Marvel and whatever else." Like, well, it's not good. NYX was horrible. It was stupid. Those characters you'll never see again, other than this one. You'll only see Laura. But I don't yeah. know. Hickman's running X universe. You'll probably see all of them. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Oh, who's that raver girl? Oh, yeah, that's uh, Kaiden Nixon. Who? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, I was not a fan of NYX. A lot of that Marvel stuff at that time, I was just like, oh, they're just trying to be edgy. Yeah. 
but you know it, it's a lot bad. Of great going on with Marvel at that time. It, it's bad. Sorry, Joe, you missed the mark on that one. But for how much people fell in love with Laura Linney or Laura Kinney, she had a horrible start. Oh yeah. Those that, a lot of those X twenty three books after this was just rancid. You know, I read that first series of hers right after LIX, and that wasn't good. No, I think was that one the one Yost did? I think I think so. Um, I, you know, it's just once again, it's like oh, and I'm not a huge Wolverine guy anyhow. And I'm like, oh, great, another character that's like Wolverine. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I, I had a phone call from a friend working at another shop, and he called me. He was like, did you read X, NYX number three? I'm like, no. Why? He's like, look at the last page. And, yeah, we got like four copies in, I think. And they were all sold out except for the one that got water damaged. And I was like, I'll take that one. My, my, my <laughs> boss was like, no, I'm going to strip it. I love ripping comics. Like, oh. no, give it to me. So I saved it. But wow. that's the only reason why I saved it. And then I'm like, it's $400. It's $400. And that's the crazy thing is there for a little while, you couldn't find it at all. And then like the market hit, people were getting rid of it. And you saw it all over the place. And now you can't find it again. Yeah. It's like. You, you you know I see more Hulk 181s than I see of NYX three, right? And for a while you couldn't even find that Hulk 181 anywhere, right? And now they're just everywhere. It's like everybody just kind of doesn't care anymore. So they were just sold it. It's like uh, I need the money. Yeah, I think you know that's got to be what it is. It's just I have not seen. And NYX come into the shop in years. Yeah. At least number three. Can't get rid of one and two, but number three, boy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. With that sweet Raver Girl cover. I can't imagine you couldn't get rid of that thing. (laughs) I hate that cover. She's got that uh, pacifier in her mouth. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Kind of like a ring pop. Baby, uh-huh. yeah, it was a candy at one point, I think, if I remember right. Yep, <laughs> it's just not good. No, the second you said that her name, I'm like, NYX, <laughs> <laughs> just wasn't sure. And I started thinking, I'm like, characters X, it's got to be X23, okay? It's so bad, right? so <laughs> bad. I read it, and oh. was like, what the hell? This is where it all started. Yeah, I think at one point I did have it. I think I actually sold that whole run just because it's like I don't care about this character and I really don't collect for value, you know. So, yeah, it's like if I can get some more stuff that I want, see ya. (laughs) Right, I'm sure there's a green lantern I could trade for this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was still early in the run, so yeah, that. But, uh, there's a lot of books I needed at that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Good pick. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> X was a tough character to do. Any, I mean, I, at one point, Xena Warrior Princess actually crossed my mind. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't do that. No. <laughs> Step away. So. Okay. Um, let's see. I was trying to think what's been going on at uh, Krypton. Uh, they have increased their selection of pops. You've been in before. You know they got a pretty big selection. Now they got even a bigger selection. So absolutely go check that out on their Facebook page at KryptonComics.com or stop in if you're in the Omaha area. Um. If you're into the Magic the Gathering card game, I know a new series came out this last week that they're promoting pretty heavily. And they, I know 
Uh, I was on in there on Saturday, and I know that they just had bought a big toy collection that they're going to be putting stuff out with, all sorts of stuff. Uh, they had the Bigfoot from $10 million man come in. Um, the action figure, they had, uh, some GI Joes come in quite a bit of good stuff, some star Wars figures. So they're going through that stuff and get it set up to put out and go that route with it. So absolutely check them out. All right. Well, I guess that rolls us over to our random reads already. Yep. Uh, this was just a really bad week. As far as <laughs> I, seriously, I yeah. Even my random reads were bad. I was like, well, a couple of them were bad. I'm like, ah. So, as everybody that listens to us on a regular basis knows, that Nick and I tend to go to this comic show that comes through Omaha once every three four months, and um, at that comic show, the last time it came through. I picked up Fate. Not Dr. Fate, but Fate from... Oh, what year was this? 94. Mm-hmm. And I got issue zero and issue one. I'm like, this should give me a good sense of what's happening in the book. See if I want to keep reading it. And I started off with issue one thinking that's how it started because... The zero was because of zero hour in a lot of books reverted back to the zero issue. So if they were on issue 24, that next book that came out was issue zero. And you kind of had to know a little bit about the character for zero to make sense. Right. That was not the case for fate. It actually started with issue zero. Right. Oh, this is bad. Um, I somehow managed to make it through issue zero. I'm like, okay, it's got to get better, right? No, it does no. not. Uh, <laughs> issue one, I got into it. I got about six pages in and I'm like, this is horrible. I can't read this any longer. I actually set it down. Um, it's, it's not good. I like the character of Dr. Fate. This is not Dr. Fate. You didn't like it's, Jared Stevens, huh? No. No, I did not care for it at all. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, Book of Fate is a lot better. Yeah. But yeah. Fate was horrible. Well, you know, and that's how I find a lot of stuff, you know, because I like to read 90, early or late 80s, early 90s stuff. And, you know, when you can get 50 books for 10 bucks mm-hmm. or 20 bucks, Okay, I'm going to give give this a shot. Because I've looked at it for $3 before. I'm glad I didn't spend the $3. <laughs> yeah, right. This was, oh, so, so bad. Um, so I decided I wanted to read something else that was hopefully better. And I did Gru the Wanderer, issue 63. This is my first exposure to Gru. Uh, I knew about the character. I knew he was like a comedic Conan, per se. This was really funny. I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, the first page alone, you get a picture of uh, Fabio selling a video game iron sword. I mean, how how did you go wrong (laughs) with Fabio in the first page, right? Um, But... The whole deal with this is that uh, this character, not Groove, but this, um, the bad guy of the story figures out how to manipulate real estate prices. And they're in this town and there's no water and they're building a viaduct and Groove comes through and accidentally destroys the viaduct. And so this merchant decides he's going to buy a house in this town where they're building the viaduct and he's going to give it to Gru. The whole plan is everybody knows how bad Gru is as far as 
he's kind of cursed and they'll all sell their homes for a low price. He finishes finding or he finds a well. He can then sell all the kick grew out and then sell all the houses for inflated price because now they have water. Well, the townspeople weren't happy about Gru being in their town, so they went to the next town and bought him a house, a bigger house there, and had Gru move to the next town. And it just kept on pulling forward and further and further and until he gets a big mansion. And <laughs> then somebody discovers that there's actually a well in the first town, so all the prices of and the merchant in the meantime had sold all the land there because now nobody wants to live there uh, because there is no water. And he sells all, trades all his houses there for a big mansion in this new town, but thinking he's going to be able to, again, buy all this land cheap because Gru lives in the town. And Gru says, forget it. He leaves and they find water in the whole place. And the merchant basically loses out on all their money. Um, this was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, will I go out and pursue every issue of it? Probably not. But if there's I a ton of them here, there, yeah, there's there so many. Whole time. Um, one of my buddies, uh, he is a massive Gru fan, and anytime I like, you know, try to figure out something new to read, read Gru. Okay, I'll read Gru. You know, I kind of always push it to the side. But I really enjoyed it. It was fun. It was, the artwork is cartoony. I mean, I think that's what I enjoyed about it. It's very cartoony. It wasn't, it was just out of the standard superhero hero realm. I think I got this for a buck, maybe. It's like, that was worth it to me. So, and then the final thing I've got is a, um, trade well, it's not a trade it's a um, where it's published as a trade never been released as single issues flanking on the name of it um, but it is called Horde by Marguerite Bennett and Leela Lees by Aftershock Comics and this came out a while back and I just finally got around to reading it and I wasn't sure what this was going to be about, truthfully. It looked like it was going to be like a horror story type thing. Um, it's got the whole mommy dearest woman sitting in this massive chair and her daughter kind of having her head on her lap. And I mean, it's just super creepy image on the front of it. Some goblins coming up from underneath the chair. And so I start reading it. And what it is, is this girl is going back home to where her mom is. Her dad had just passed away. Um, and the story starts off as uh, her as a child saying that her mom wouldn't let her touch any of her stuff. She couldn't touch any of the dishes in the dining room. She couldn't touch any of the uh, furniture in another room. She couldn't touch certain things in the kitchen, blah, blah, blah. Her mom just was attached to all these different things and she didn't want anybody touching them. And her dad, he had one thing that he's like, be careful around it, but you know, you're fine. All I really care about is you and your mom. You know, I want to make sure you're safe. All this other stuff's just things, but this is the one thing I kind of really like. She accidentally breaks that as a child. And her dad's like runs in and is just, are you okay? And checking her over and everything else and making sure she has no cuts and goes, you know, that's just a, a thing. Am I sad that it's broken? Yeah, but I'll get over that. If anything happened to you, I'd be really upset. And then it jumps forward where her dad has passed away and uh, she's going back to see her mom. And you find out that, her mom got so obsessed with all the material things that her dad actually left her and took the daughter with him and divorced her. But he kept on paying all her bills and everything because he still loved her. It's just the mom cared more about materialistic stuff than 
her own daughter. And it comes to light that at one point the daughter accidentally breaks something that was hers and she lost her mind and like pulled a bookcase down on her. And so her dad was trying to protect her at that, after that point and took her out of the house. And so she's going back to the house and is go, you know, she's like, okay, dad said you could stay here and you can continue to live here, but you have to get rid of some of your stuff. And well, it turns out she is a massive hoarder. She collects everything. And so they're trying to, she's trying to go through things with her and she finally gets to a point where she's like, okay, that's it. You've only gotten rid of like three plastic bags of stuff. That's you've got so much other crap here that you need to get rid of. And her mom like loses it and freaks out on her. And all of a sudden the daughter's warped into how I'm kind of taking it into the mom's mind where all these things that she has, she's keeping and the daughter runs into the cat that died 20 years ago. And the cat is her guide through this and how she needs to get through this and face her mom. Um, and it's, it is a weird story. Um, I, I did enjoy it because you know, the whole purpose of it is people are more important than material possessions. And there are people out there that think the material possessions are so much more important than any person. And it was a great, great, just a great story. The artwork is amazing on it. Um, Marguerite Bennett does a fantastic job. She also does that uh, monstrous book by image and that's very popular with a lot of uh people that want enjoy those horror books like that so yeah i can't recommend this enough definitely check this out um it's a fantastic story and that's what i had cool so i have a couple too um so let's just start with uh, let's go worst to best, right? <laughs> so at that sale, I also picked up a whole bunch of books that I just wanted to to experiment on, right? Yeah. And you know how it was funny. It's kind of serendipitous that we were talking about um, Tim Hunter going to seeing all the different realms of the DC universe in the <laughs> in the first episode of Hunting Timothy that he saw the world of Claude the Unconquered. Mm -hmm. And I had picked up Claude the Unconquered number one at that sale that we go to. Mm -hmm. And Claw is a barbarian in the in the vein of Conan. Um, Cole. Uh, um, yeah. Just like, he's a barbarian. But he's He's got a, a hand that's a monster claw. So his real name is Balkan, and he, oof, this is bad. This is from uh, 1973, 1975, sometime like that. Um, it's like when DC was pushing like that big push of new books. And this was one of them that they shouldn't have done. Because this yeah. is just horrible. So, so in this in this issue, he goes up against this thing called Oculus of the Yellow Eye, which is a sorcerer who um, has a prophecy that anybody born with that hand could destroy him, and. So I, I read about half of this and then it switches. It goes, it goes in a, a direction that I couldn't follow. Cause it, it was like, this doesn't make any damn sense because it's like one page and then bam, it goes to something else. And it's like, did time travel happen? What? No. How you guys do know about how, how time works in comics, right? Cause that totally did not make any damn sense. So not good. 
this is that's why it's uh, only two dollars. You can buy this for two dollars, brand new, probably in near mint. Because <laughs> uh, it's horrible. All right, so there's that, and then I also found a while back. Um, Immortal Hulk, the best defense number one from 2019. This isn't Immortal Hulk number one. This is a storyline called the best defense, which went through defenders and what else did it do? Uh, yeah. Defenders, Namor, Silver Surfer, Dr. Strange. It's not bad. Um, Bruce finds himself in New Mexico in a town that apparently there's nobody living in. He walks into a barn and he's like, I know that there's a skeleton on the floor. He's like, I know that skeleton. I know who that is. It's Steven. Like Dr. Strange dead, like burnt up just a corpse, like a, just a skeleton. He's like, there's something missing. Where's that eye? That uh, that eye of Agamemnon. Oh no, the eye of Agamotto, right? And it's missing. And somebody did this to my friend. Now they're going to pay. So he keeps searching around the town. He can't find anybody in there. He goes to the the sheriff's office. Nobody's in there. It's all dusty. He goes to a house that he sees the curtains moving. He goes there and this he knocks on the door and pushes it open and then there's a gun in his face he's like i just have a few questions okay never mind and it's the sheriff and there's this huge drawn out fight between banner and the sheriff and banner actually kicks his butt banner not hulk yeah banner like he there's an old lady in there also. And she's like, why are you here? Leave. He's like, beat some more on the cop. <laughs> and she's like, stop it. Just stop. Just stop, stop, stop. <laughs> He's like, you need to talk to me. Just talk now. Right. And so she doesn't say a word. I don't think because it just kind of like, he says, talk now. And then he's leaving the house and, he throws up outside and is like, well, I know where most people are. They're in the bar. So he goes to the bar, kicks down the door, and they're all standing. There's a whole bunch of people in there, and there's an old man sitting at the bar. And he's like, I knew you would come because my eye told me. And this old, long-haired, like, kind of like Rambler kind of guy has the eye of Agamotto and he can make it work. He can make people see who they are inside and he can also command them to anything he wants. He finds out that uh, he didn't kill Stephen Strange. Like Dr. Strange was dead and on fire when he got there and just took the amulet and went for revenge against the town. Um, <laughs> so Banner's like, you need to give it back to me. You, it's it's not yours. It's mine. It's my friend's. Give it back. And he commands the town to to go after Banner. And Banner wipes the floor with these guys. So he must be tapping into the Hulk somehow because he he's like, don't make me angry. Just give me the amulet. And he takes a bottle and cuts the guy's wrist until he lets go. And he brings the Hulk out. And the Hulk can only come out at night, but he makes him, he makes, Banner opens the eye to show him the truth. And the Hulk comes out. And he's like, he's like, I, I need to know who killed Dr. Strange. He's like, I don't, I don't need to. I already figured it out. Bruce couldn't, but the Hulk did. The Hulk figured out who killed him. And it's the old man. 
and the old man is the ancient one. Nah, that's it. That's the whole story. What? Very weird. <laughs> Very, I know which book you're talking about. That I've never read it, by, but I know what one you're talking about. That's crazy. It's by Al Ewing, too. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was okay. And Where then, did Al Ewing come from? He's like all over the place now. He must have known somebody. He's like... <laughs> He's like the new Roy Thomas, but Roy Thomas was amazing. I I mean, I'm pretty sure Al Ewing has a lot of good ideas. Like a lot, but I don't I'm not I'm not sure if he's uh I don't know. I can't I can't say anything bad about him. I don't know too much of his work, but he just seems to be like everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. The last one, huh? Yeah, I was, was, was just—he's on everything. Hulk, and he did that thousandth issue Marvel book, and yep, all the the whatever the big you know, crossover was, the Imperium or whatever it was. Jeez. Yep, he did Empire. Yeah, or Empire. That's what it was. Doing a lot. Last book I did, which is no surprise that I love this book. Um, Adventure Man number three by Fraction and Dodson. Nice. Oh my God. So, book is crazy. This book is so crazy. So, after the last issue, Claire and her whole family are in the hospital. And Claire just found Adventure Man headquarters or Adventure Inc. headquarters. She doesn't remember. All, she's in the hospital and She's like, something's changed. You know, I can feel the blood through my body. I can, everything's bigger. It's brighter. Everything's more vibrant. I can feel trouble coming, right? So she runs and there's a cop that she ran into. And like, I think issue one or two that they were going to give him a ticket or a ticket to her. And she was like, no, you know. Talk to your buddy. And his buddy was like, oh, that's Claire. You know, she's fine. She's one of us. Just go. Right. Yeah, so I remember that. Yeah. She runs in. He's coming in with his partner who is messed up. Right. He's he's code blue. You know, he's dying on the table. And Claire's like, I can help. You know, and then the cop starts going into a story about how they were in the subway. Um, a little kid fell in and his mom went in after him and she threw the mom out and I think he got the kid too. And, but he got hit by a train. So he's dying on the table and they're like, we need a blood donor. You know, he's got a medical bracelet and he's AB negative, which is the most rare blood ever. And Claire's like, I could help, you know, she's just running through the hospital and it switches to an adventure man story that they're on the high seas and they're getting attacked by pirates and all of adventure Inc is fighting these pirate, these ghost pirates. And they're like, well, adventure man, are you with us? Blah, blah, blah. And, and it goes back and it's Claire, um, helping one of the adventure Inc adventurers with a blood transfusion. She's like, don't worry about it. I'm a universal donor. I'm type N. And then it switches back to the hospital and she's straddling the police officer on the table. She's got tubes running in and out of her arms and she's giving him a blood donation. Like she blacked out and went into an adventure man like novel and then came back into real life. And they're like, that is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and the, this doctor's like, um, you don't mind sticking around. We, we need to do some stuff, right? And we need to do some tests. And are you growing, right? She's just about, I, I would say about 6'5 right now. She's humongous. She's no longer a normal person. 
because whatever happened in Adventure Inc. headquarters has changed her. And she's, okay, let me see if I can figure it out. Uh, her, her, she's no longer deaf. She's, I'm trying to figure out, oh, okay, yeah. Um, according to your chart, you've grown 15 inches since you last checkup. So she's growing incredibly fast. And then she's going, she leaves the hospital. She's going home with her family. And her son's like, what do you want to do? It's movie night. You want to watch something? He's like, I got these two Adventure Man movies. Let's do that, right? They're on VHS. So they're these old serials. And she's like, yeah, let's do the Fair Phantom of the Lost Fortress, right? So she's like, she's watching it. And she's like, this is garbage. I know it's garbage, but it's my garbage. And she sees something on the screen that awakens her memories of being in the Adventure Man headquarters. And then it switches to the main bad guy from the first two books. Like he's this demon Lord and he's got the ghost girl in a bubble. And uh, it, this is where it kind of gets weird because it's hard to describe what's going on that his assistant ends up killing the main bad guy and and becoming the champion of the beast at the end. So there's going to be this huge battle between Claire and uh, I can't even remember her name, but it's this book is awesome. If you love Doc Savage, you're going to love this book. I'm telling you, go out, find it, because I have a feeling it's going to be one of those that's going to win a lot of awards. So, I could see that. I've been enjoying it, but I think you're enjoying it a lot more than I'm, I am. I mean, and that's fine. I mean, that's great that you are. I, I, can, I like the characters and everything. You're with your uh, Doc's... It was a Doc, Doc Savage. Uh, I know how much you love that character and you're getting excited about what they're doing with these characters in this book. Think well, they awesome. haven't done Doc Savage right in forever. Right. They almost did it about 10 years ago. They almost did it. And then it kind of went off the rails because Doc Savage shouldn't be in our time. Doc Savage doesn't belong here. He belongs in the 30s. And they, they brought him into the present. Well, and that's just it. They, for whatever reason, they feel like they have to, you know, Conan into the present. You know, at this point and stage, they could go back and do those things that are taking place in the 30s and the 40s. Because for the younger generations that's reading this stuff, they don't know a lot of that stuff. Right. You know? And for the ones that do remember it, they can reminisce about it. And, you know, and for us, you know, it's good storytelling, just great reading. Um, yeah, I read part of Batman Meets the Shadow, and I was like, oh, God. Oh, why? Yeah, I'm making an elf world of him in the 1930s. That's all you have to yeah. do. Put Batman back. Don't bring yeah. the shadow forward. I. I at one point I was doing all trying to get all the crossover stuff. You know how I like worlds mixing, mm-hmm. and that is the one book that I picked up. And I'm like, yeah, I'm done doing this. I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid everything else is going to be like this now, and this is not good. Um, <laughs> it was either that, or I'm pretty sure it was that, or it was Archie versus Sharknado. No, you know, it was Batman for Shadow, I think. That is just wow. Yeah, I agree with you. That why are you pulling all those characters forward? You've got a time frame you can work with. Go stick to that time frame. I think it'd make it a lot more interesting. 
Yeah. That would be a lot more. Like put them back, like fighting some saboteurs or something like that for World War One or World War Two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I think that would be really neat. They probably can't do that because of the whole history of the Waynes or something uh, with the parents dying, and they had died in nineteen forty six, which was after the Shadow. So there's no way Batman would exist before. That, you know, I'm sure somebody would have floundered it somehow yeah. to make it not work. <laughs> yeah. There's a continuity of the Waynes. Like, oh, come on. Who cares? Time is fluid, Especially right? Especially if you're using Elseworlds. <laughs> make it whatever you want. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that adventure... I swear I'm still getting it, but I don't remember reading that number three. I bet you I got it. I just haven't read it yet. That it's been I, like a couple I haven't weeks. Been enjoying it. Yeah, I've been running behind on what I've on my current books too. So, all right. Well, I guess that takes us to our top ten. And the letter for our top 10 is W. So for new listeners, what we have been doing is we do a letter of the week. We've worked our way through the alphabet and we made it to the letter X this week. Next week we'll be doing Y so forth and so on. And we always do the previous letter. So last week we did W this. So this week's top 10 list is the W's. So our top 10 W's. Do you want me to go first, Nick? Sure. All right. Number 10, Warlord. Number 9, Wave Rider. Number 8, The Weaponeer. Number 7, War Machine. 6, Wasp. 5, Wonder Girl. 4, Wonder Man. 3, Wonder Woman. 2, Witchblade. And number 1, the Winter Soldier. Nice. So, um, remember how you said that you you knew what my number one would be? Yeah. So, let's just see if you got it right. It it's a character that has appeared in books when I was reading, like starting out in comics, like reading old Stanley and Jack Kirby. So, I probably um, don't have it right then. <laughs> Um, so, uh, number 10, Wendigo, number nine, War Machine, number eight, The War Wolves, number seven, White Tiger, number six, Weapon Omega, five, Werewolf by Night, four, Warlock, Adam Warlock, not the, the little droid thing from Excalibur, um, three, Wonder Woman, two, Wonder Man, and number one, Willie Lumpkin. The Fantastic Four's post office carrier. Okay. Willie wasn't everything back in the 60s. He showed up in a lot of stuff. And Stan Lee actually played Willie Lumpkin in the Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> Did not see that one coming. Uh, Willie Lumpkin. Because <laughs> he would just show up like randomly. Like he'd have a conversation with Ben Grimm or Sue Storm or something like that about, you know, oh, looks like the elevator's out. Oh, I guess I gotta take the stairs. Or hey, I got your package. And it's just some stupid crap. He'd always show up somewhere. <laughs> it's like Waldo for the Fantastic Four. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Oh. So, uh, do you got any news for this week? Um, I did um, get to see a little bit of PulseCon from Hasbro this weekend. So, they announced a whole bunch of like new Ghostbusters toys, new um, G.I. Joes, um, new Transformers. But the biggest thing right now is if you go to HasbroPulse.com and you look under... Um, HasLab under the tab HasLab, they're doing 
kind of like a Kickstarter for an updated Hero Quest game, like board game. So if you were a fan back in the day of Hero Quest, you might want to get in on this. There's two tiers. There's a heroic tier for $99.99 or a mythic tier for $150. Um, the they redid all the art. They it's still it's all the cards, it's all the 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 minis, all the set pieces. It looks a lot like the original, except for they're updated and they are gorgeous. Right? You still get the barbarian, the dwarf, the elf, the wizard. But you also get like a Sir Ragnar. Um, there's there's so much stuff, right? You get monsters, gargoyles, dread sorcerers, dread warriors, skeletons, goblins, orcs, mummies, zombies, abominations, uh, doors, sorcerer tables, tombs, racks, weapon racks, bookcases, tables, cupboards, treasure chests, thrones, fireplaces, alchemist benches, rats and skulls. So much stuff. And then if you get the higher one, the next one, like the higher, like the 150, it's yeah. got all the witch lord character like minis in it, and it's got reinforced doors, iron doors, um, like a keep of like a whole bunch of other monsters. Like there's just so much stuff in this. Like it's just an amazing box. That if you went out and spent this on the original Hero Quest, most likely you wouldn't have all the figures in it or all the pieces that you'd have to right. find somebody to three D print them for you. But you can get it now. Now, go out and get it. It's awesome. Um, they, uh, they're doing a Marvel Legends Hellfire Club collections figures. So it's uh, the Black Queen, Emma Frost, Sape, like Sebastian Shaw, and uh, who's the robot with the, the hand? I can't remember his name. I'm not familiar enough with them. They, uh, they're bringing out uh, another figure for the Ghostbusters Plasma series, which is Louis Tully, and it comes with the oral analyzer, like the little thing he has on his head, and mm -hmm. uh, and a demon dog. So that's pretty cool. They're also bringing out a Marvel Legends series, Logan and Charles Xavier from the Wolverine. So... You got old man Xavier and old man Logan. Not needed to be done, and it's 50 bucks. I don't think I'll ever buy that. Mm. Mm. Oh, and awesome. Okay, so they're bringing out retros, um, retro figures like Cyclops, Black Panther, Iron Man, Captain America that look a lot like the old. Secret Wars figures. Oh, They're three, nice. uh, three and three quarter inch height. But the problem is that they are so damn expensive. Well, actually, they're not that bad. I mean, what are they running? Thirty. So the whole set for all of it is seventy nine bucks. Mm. So that that's Spider Man. Iron Man, Cyclops, Captain America, and Black Panther. But individually, uh, Spider-Man and Electro are 19 bucks. Um, Iron Man and Cyclops is 19 bucks. Captain America and Black Panther is 19 bucks. They look as close to Secret Wars toys as you can get. And I love those old toys. Those are oh, those are some of my favorites. Like, yeah, just if you go on to like, yeah, the HasbroPulse.com, and you can you can look up like exclusives from the the convention and what they're bringing out. I'll have to check it's that pretty, out. I didn't see that. Cool. Awesome. Um, other than that, I don't know if there's a lot. Yeah, I didn't see a whole lot out there this week. Um, I always kind of peruse right before the show too to make sure I'm not missing anything. But I just didn't see anything that really jumped out. Um, 
to give any, you know, to be able to say much about anything on that. Yeah. There's, there's not much. I don't know why it slowed down so much. Seems like there for a while it was just like nonstop, and now it's just crickets. Yep. All right. Well, I guess that will wrap this one up for us this week. Um, Nick and I have been working on a other project, uh, Hunting Timothy, a Books of Magic podcast. That one we do not do live, but we do record it and uh, putting it out to the public uh, a little bit later. Um, we just did the first episode last week. I think it went pretty well. And uh, uh, at least that's how I felt about it. Uh, but yeah, we're really looking forward to it. And we're going to be taking those Books of Magic Volume 2 and going through each uh, issue and digging into the details of it. Um, so please take a listen to that and see what you think about it. The last issue or the one we just did was about the uh, four-part miniseries that um, started off Books of Magic, and we're start, we'll be recording for the uh, issue one here um, for the next podcast. So other than that, thanks for listening. And join us next week when we are live again at 7 p.m. Central Time. Anything else to add, Nick? Nope. I don't have anything. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. See ya. Bye. Bye.